I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, Please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. This is Chad Chance, the co-founder of Next Move Group. Today, our guest is Jerry Bologna. He's the president and CEO of JEDCO, which is the Jefferson Parish Economic Development Organization down here close to where I live in New Orleans. So welcome to our show, Jerry. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. And congratulations to your Bulldogs on their recent College World Series victory. Uh Thank you so much. So, uh, you know, unlike all these folks who grew up down here with Tulane and UNO and New Orleans winning conference titles and LSU winning baseball championships, Mississippi State never won anything. When the Saints won the Super Bowl, that didn't rub off for like five or six years. It still lives on. Yes, sir. So tell these folks where Jefferson Parish is, particularly related to New Orleans, so they can kind of orient themselves with where we're talking about here. We would consider the first ring suburb of the city of New Orleans, population of about 430,000 individuals. We kind of stretch from Lake Pontchartrain all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. So we've been, you know, in the New Orleans region, we have a pretty diverse industry set here, lots of transportation and logistics, a very robust healthcare industry here in Jefferson Parish. And that's where we are. We're symbiotic with the city of New Orleans. So I've been living in New Orleans six years and visited here all my life, but I grew up in Mississippi and I still haven't learned when I'm in Jefferson or Orleans. I'll be on a, one side of the road will be one and one the other. I'll tell somebody something. They'll say, you in Jefferson Parish, y'all have had all kind of success recently. So why don't you walk us through some of it? You know, perfect example of what you just said is the airport. The New Orleans airport is in Jefferson Parish. So uh, outsiders don't see those parish lines or county lines in every other state in the union, but a brand new airport in Jefferson Parish. You know, we've had the opportunity to usher in nearly a billion dollar package with Dino Nobel putting a brand new plant in Jefferson recently. Sleep Number put their first real customer service center outside of their headquarters in Jefferson Parish. U.S. Foods put in their brand new distribution facility, state-of-the-art distribution facility in Jefferson. Amazon, you know, recently announced and has opened some facilities here. 
Um, and then really one of the more notable projects and what we would consider a win is the repurposing of the Avondale Shipyard, which is an iconic shipbuilding site that was owned by Huntington Ingalls, north of Grumman. Many of the military ships for the U.S. military built here in Jefferson Parish. In fact, the last one to float out of here was the USS New York, which had part of the hull forged from some of the steel from the World Trade Center buildings. That site was shuttered, and we were able to help execute a sale to put that back into commerce. That site is well on its way to becoming a multimodal transportation, logistics, manufacturing hub to service all of the United States. So we've had a number of high-profile projects here in the last couple of years. Yeah, I toured that site, I guess it's two years ago now. COVID makes me lose a year. I can never remember if it was last year. And talk about infrastructure. I mean, that site's got everything anybody could want from a heavy infrastructure site. How many acres did you say it is? It's about 260 acres, that site, but there's actually adjacent land all around it. It sits on the Mississippi River, so we have deep water access. It's rail served by the Union Pacific. It's just got a lot of great infrastructure, and they don't create more land on the water like that. So it's a great asset for us. That's right. Well, you know, everybody knows how much I love the Saints. So I guess the Saints headquarters is in Jefferson, isn't it? Absolutely. The Saints do have their training facility in Jefferson Parish, and we're a proud partner with them. I got to tour that with that group y'all would do, and it was just fantastic. First time I'd ever been in an NFL headquarters like that. It was fantastic. I'm getting to tour the Kansas City Chiefs one in like two weeks for training camp. So I'm looking forward to that. Usually us and the Chiefs have good teams. Well, talk about your staff. I've been highly impressed with them. So talk about kind of the team y'all have built. We're really blessed. And I'm blessed as the president and CEO to have built a team of dedicated professionals. We've really expanded our focus here from what we've typically done with business retention and business expansion and attraction to a number of areas. So we've expanded staff to include strategic initiatives, We have a financing team, a highly professional financing team where we're doing small business lending, SBA lending, and we just have a number of high achievers. And I do believe that every day they come to work, they adopt that vision and know that their work is making a difference in the community they live. And it really makes a difference to see their faces when we're able to execute at a high level and carry out successful projects. Yeah, and you all are really participating in all aspects of economic development, not just the old-fashioned manufacturing recruitment. I mean, I've been impressed with everything y'all doing technology-wise, that park y'all building. And so just talk about maybe the whole holistic approach y'all are taking. Sure. And, you know, we suffer from what I call the Mikey syndrome. You know, whenever something's difficult, it's like, give it to Mikey, he'll eat it. Well, let's give it to Jedco, they'll execute it. So we've done everything now from the development of business parks We've established a number of partnerships with our schools, you know, both our K through 12 schools and our community colleges and universities. More recently, we've gotten involved with the redevelopment of our housing stock. It was a need we had, just like many first ring suburbs with an aging housing stock. How do we continue to redevelop that housing stock to make it attractive to young individuals to move into the community? More recently, also, we're in discussions with the parish of Jefferson on establishing perhaps within JEDCO, a diversity, equity, and inclusion office. So we're moving forward on that front as well. Land banking, public-private partnerships, all of those things we're working on. And it really has grown this organization as we look at these different areas. 
Well, I know you went to high school with Will Clark in New Orleans, so I know you're a New Orleans native and uh, went to UNO, and I know now you run Jetco, but I don't know what you did in the middle. So take us back to kind of how you stumbled into this world of economic development. I didn't do a whole lot in the middle. Uh, you know, <laughs> I graduated from college. I was in the residential mortgage business. I loved the lending side, hated the residential side, so I wanted to stay in finance. At the time, as I mentioned, Jedco has a finance function doing SBA 504 lending and some revolving loan funds. So I actually started here at Jedco on the finance side. And once I got in the organization and saw the economic development side, it just really appealed to me. I wanted to learn more about it. And, you know, one of my predecessors left for actually Metrovision, which was the predecessor to GNO Inc. at the time. And I moved into the economic development specialist role. From there, moved into economic development manager. Then I became a deputy director and eventually uh, president and CEO. So I kind of held the number of roles throughout the organization. Been here a little over 20, 21 years, and it's allowed me to see the organization from so many different lenses on my way to this position. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I got to tip my hat to you for that. You know, we do these executive searches, and I would say there's not probably one in a hundred people who've worked their way up through every level like you have. So that is a real credit there. And so considering all you've done all these years later, I mean, what still motivates you about it? What gets you up every morning, excited to go to work and continue doing this stuff? It's working with a team that's dedicated to solving problems, to structuring deals and making a difference. One of my fondest memories in economic development was when we executed the sleep number deal and we brought that facility in here. And part of the reason they selected Jefferson Parish was because of the New Orleans region's hospitality workforce. And they felt that hospitality workers fit into their model. But it was a way for us to upskill many of those workers and put them in a higher level of pay. And so after they did their grand opening, uh, sleep number, the officials were giving us a tour and we had some individuals that had received those jobs or earned those jobs. And they came up to us literally with tears in their eyes, thanking us for being part of giving them an opportunity to make more money and support their families. Those are the types of things that drive me, knowing that our efforts are making a difference in the community and making a difference to individuals. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back right after this. I want to thank LocationOne.com. Some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best buildings and sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my builders and sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee. So what sense did it make for me to not put my builders and sites on a nationwide database? Well, Lois does that for you. Looking back, I should have put my builders and sites on Lois. It's also easy to use for an economic developer. It's just like using Facebook. It walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth. And the thing I like most, it works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other builders and sites databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com, book yourself a demo and see if this can help your community have more success. 
you mentioned the airport while ago, and let's kind of go back to that for a second. When I first moved here, I don't think we had true international flights. We might have had them to the Caribbean or somewhere. But now I know at least before COVID, I think they're coming back. Talk about the efforts y'all have made. A, we got a brand new airport that's beautiful. But uh, talk about the efforts, you know, with the flights to London and Germany and so on and so forth. Straight shot out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Frankfurt, Germany was one. Uh, Of course, British Airways came in with their direct flight to London, South America, Panama, all international flights, which is important because New Orleans was once the gateway to the South. We sort of lost that mantle to Miami and Houston and other areas, but we're steadily climbing back in the New Orleans airport. If you haven't had a chance to fly through there, it really is something we are proud of. It's a beautiful new facility, one of the fastest growing airports in the country. And Actually, they're predicting our numbers are rebounding much faster than many other locales. So we're real excited about that. Yeah, I keep a watch on it because I like to fly straight shot. I don't like to connect in places. And actually, when I moved to New Orleans, some people said, well, one of the disadvantages, you know, you should go to Atlanta or something because in New Orleans, you got to always connect. You don't have to connect a lot out of here between Southwest and Spirit. I mean, Spirit, I can be in Vegas for like $70 or something. Southwest got to fly to St. Louis every day that I get on a lot. And so there's not a whole lot of places that you don't get to with a straight shot from here. Correct. Absolutely. Take us back. I like to talk to people about, you know, when you were nine or 10 years old running around, what do you want to be when you grew up? And let's see if any of those skills ended up turning into a good economic developer. That's an easy one, because when I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a fireman. That was certainly foreshadowing because I've become very adept at putting out fires and I do it just about daily, but not in the traditional sense. (laughs) It is a good one. Well, who would you say has been the biggest influence on your career if you look back? You know, that's a great question. I think personally, you know, I would have to say my parents just because they instilled, you know, that work ethic of doing something to the best of your ability and just working your butt off to prove yourself. On the professional side, I've been really blessed by surrounding myself with people that gave me time. When I was early in my career, there's a whole litany of individuals who spent time tutoring me and mentoring me. Jimmy Fitzmorris, the former lieutenant governor of the state of Louisiana, who just passed away at 99 years old, took me under his wing and taught me about, you know, industrial development, which is the lieutenant governor's office at one time was over, you know, economic development in the state of Louisiana. I just had individuals like that who spent time and I just was a sponge. I wanted to soak it up. So many individuals are like living almanacs. They have so much institutional knowledge to share and Those are the types of people I tried to surround myself. And I tried to take a little bit from every person I ever worked for or worked with. I try and take the good, learn from the bad. And I think that's helped and that served me well trying to form me into the leader I am. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back right after this. In June of 2020, Next Move Group launched a new initiative called The Movement, and we already have more than 100 economic developers as part of our movement. The movement was really built to help improve the quality of lives of economic developers. It helps economic developers land more deals, helps them get along better with their board and elected officials, helps them deal with the media, even helps them learn how to build their resume if they want to look for a new job. So thank you to our first 100 members, and if you want to join the movement, go to thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement to learn more. 
Do you have any daily habits that kind of keep you organized? I love asking successful economic developers. Some of them say, yeah, I need 10 minutes every morning to make my to-do or I need this or that. Is there really any few habits that you really think keep you on track others might could learn from? Probably uh, every morning I do a daily check-in with a couple of my peers, uh, a couple of the organizations I work closely with. Even if there's not a project we're working on together, just giving them a call, checking in. What are you working on? Can we support you? This is what we're working on. Can you support us in this? So I think those daily check-ins are important. And I will say I learned very early on, you know, on a personal level, I always try, I keep a whole calendar of my staff's birthdays, work anniversaries, and I always try and recognize those things among the staff, especially work anniversaries and their dedication to the organization. And then I try and take a little time every day or at least, you know, one or two times a week and write out some personal notes. If I read about somebody accomplishing something, if I want to congratulate someone, I always try and take a few minutes to recognize folks because, as I said, some folks had done that for me and it meant a lot. And I want to pass that along. We have a good number of young professionals that listen. And Jerry's tip right there, I need to take it to heart my own self. Let me tell you why. I saw somebody the other day I hadn't seen in probably 10 years. And they said to me, I remember a note you sent me when you worked in Mobile. I was a project manager, Mobile, Alabama Chambers, kind of where I got my start. Now, that was 2006. This person remembered that 15 years later. And here I was thinking to myself, how stupid I am. I hadn't written any in three or four years. So, so that's something I might need to take back up. It is meaningful. And in today's day and age of instant communication with text message, it's just kind of a throwback to a little more personal style of communication. Yeah. Well, as we kind of wind down, what would you say is the best piece of advice you've received in this industry that you might pass on to those younger folks that are listening or that a young Jerry wish he would have known 20 years ago when you were getting in it? You know, professionally and especially related to economic development, when I first started on the economic development side, one of my managers told me, this is not a business for you if you like instant gratification. Economic development is a long play. It's a marathon. So be patient and work projects. And I've taken that to heart. And, you know, a lot of these projects, the more complex they are, the longer they take to come to fruition. But it's worthwhile. The Avondale shipyard, you know, repurposing, it took us years and we were dealing with every bureaucracy you could ever imagine. The Corps of Engineers, the Union Pacific Railroad, the Department of the Navy. So it takes years, but the end goal was achieved and we're better off for it. But then I think, you know, taking a step back from economic development, the best advice, you know, I ever received from my parents was whatever you're going to work on in your life, just try and do it to the best of your ability. The rest is going to take care of itself. You know, whether you're waiting tables or, you know, whatever you choose to do in life, do it the best and the opportunities will arise. And I've also tried to live that and preach that to my own children now. Well, folks, Jefferson Parish really has a tremendous quality of life. Both Brandon and Gabby on our staff live in Jefferson. I live in downtown, but they both live in Jefferson and absolutely love it. So when y'all fly down here to New Orleans, whether you're coming for a jazz fest or a football game or Mardi Gras or a conference, remember you're landing in Jefferson, so get out and spend some money there. So, uh, Jerry, as we conclude, I guess for people who visit New Orleans, if they want to come see Jefferson, you know, what would you say for them to do? I know you don't really do tourism, but what would be the one thing if they could do in Jefferson you'd recommend? We have amazing fishing, inland fishing, amazing, you know, redfish and trout. 
bird watching, great parks, great recreation. There's a brand new walk on Lake Pontchartrain, a nature walk. Lots of recreational opportunities, lots of great restaurants, so oyster trail, all sorts of things. Yeah, that walk along Lake Pontchartrain, I might need to go do myself this afternoon. Jerry, thank you for spending a few minutes with us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chad. Thank you.